0: Okay, hopefully you're through. You're approved. Can you just speak so I know
1: for sure? my mic. Say What's up with you?
0: No, 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 my guy. Uh, this is my first time. I, you know, I'm I'm doing this space because of you and your request. I know, right? I know, right? Yeah. Let's give compliments of my
1: brilliance later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this is my first time hosting a space, and it's all a bit confusing at the moment, but I think I've got the hang of it. Uh, People are streaming in, so this is great. Um, First of all, I want to thank you guys for being on time. I had a little bit of a technical problem. Uh, Twitter's not letting me start the space that I scheduled, so I had to start a new space. So I understand that people are having a bit of trouble finding the space at the moment. But um, hopefully it, it's, it's popping up on timelines and everywhere, so soon we will have um, people in. I want to thank you guys for being on time. Uh, I would rather reward the people who have come on time than to punish people who have come on time. So uh, I'm going to get into it straight away, and those who come later on will catch what they catch later on. Right. okay, Zim Youth ZSC Investor, I see your request here. Um, let me just get through some things first before I take any requests at all. They're just a few things that I need to get through, but I will pop you in. So um, what I'll do is let me accept you now, but just hang on a second, I'll tell you when to come in. All right, so um, we are here to talk about investing on the ZSC. Uh, I've, I've been in a lot of uh, financial Twitter spaces, and one thing I've noticed is a lot of people want to, I, 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 don't, I don't want to be mean. Let me be, you know, as polite as I can. A lot of people waste time talking about why. But I think because you guys are already in this space, um, you have the most of the why uh, about investing on the ZSC. And uh, you probably know uh, quite a bit. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time. On the why, I'm going to talk about the how, uh, which is the important part, which is the part that I see most people struggling with. So my focus is going to be on the how of investing on the ZSC. Um, every, I'm, I'm just going to skirt through the introductory stuff and the, and you know that stuff you can Google. I write a lot of articles about ZSC and ZSC investing on startupbiz.co.zw, I will make that link available. You can go and read there. There's a lot of that, that 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 information. What we're here to do is to get down to the meat and bones. So this is going to be a lot more about me answering questions. But just as an introduction, I thought I would give off a little bit of info that people could find useful uh, to get things going. So uh, let's talk about the ZSC. Just a, a few facts and for, for those who are totally uninitiated. Uh, uh Zimbabwe is a main stock exchange. We have three stock exchanges in Zimbabwe, for those who do not know. Uh, the other two being the recently launched uh, Victoria Falls Stock Exchange, which is our US dollar denominated stock exchange that currently only has two companies on it. And we have, uh, unbeknownst to many, a smaller exchange called the Financial Securities Exchange, uh, commonly referred to as FinSec, which currently has only one counter on it. It's meant for smaller companies to allow them an opportunity to grow into being ZSC size companies. Okay. The ZSC itself currently has 49 companies. This is down from an all-time high of 68. Um, things have not been the best, but you know what? Our exchange is pushing on. And uh we we are great, we we will be grateful for what we have. Um, it is a small exchange, uh, all things considered. 49 counters compared to um, your what is it now? 400 on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Your 2,800 on the New York Stock Exchange. ZSC is a small exchange, but the most important thing is it is still an exchange. So let's 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 be happy about that and celebrate that. Um, I am going to assume that people get the gist of companies and shares, but I'm just going to quickly go through this and say basically the idea is you know companies will. Uh, break up their ownership into many tiny units, Um, and then go to the market to ask the market for money. Now the Zimbabwe stock exchange is both a primary and a secondary exchange. Primary exchange being one where companies actually go to the public and ask the public for money in exchange for their shares, and secondary in the sense where current shareholders will sell their shares off to other shareholders. So it is both a primary and secondary exchange. Um, What your small units of ownership get you are voting rights in the company. So you participate in major company decisions. And of course, uh, an entitlement to distributions of profits where they do occur. Um, Before I go on, I don't wanna speak forever. If anybody has a question at this present moment, please request and I will let you ask your question. All right, nobody's requested, so there are no questions. Great, I like this. Let's keep it like that, guys. Um, okay, now the thing is, uh, I guess a lot of you have heard the fabulous news coming out of the ZSC over the last two years. Um, you know, the massive mammoth returns that people have been making. We're looking at um, in US dollar terms, uh, depending on the rate you use, counters have uh, given people rewards. Anyway, in the range of you know seventy times their money. Um, if if we look at the the, the current standings uh, this year to date, uh, the top earner is giving people is giving people about you know sixty times their money, which which is huge, and, and that's in US dollar terms. We're not even talking in Zim dollar terms. Uh, that's massive, and this is obviously the bigger law for people right now, given the way we have limited opportunities in short term and long term investment in Zimbabwe. So the stock exchange becomes uh, very attractive. So before we get into the the, the the actual how, one thing I want to stress about is figuring out if the ZSC is the right investment for you. And um, I'm going to use a general uh, outlook on picking the right investment for you, and kind of apply it to the ZSC. But these are the things that you need to think about if you are still considering whether or not you want to get into the ZSC. Okay, this one's not for people who are already in there, but for people who are thinking, do I get in there? Is it right for me? You know, because everybody wants to access those, um, you know, 70x your money, you know, 100x your money. But um, you may not be ready for what else comes with it. So here are the things that you should consider if you want to know if the ZSC is the right investment for you. Generally speaking, one of the most important things in any investment scenario is considering the ease of entry. That is how easy it is to get into the investment. Now, um, compared to many other options that you have out there, the ZSC is relatively easy to get into. Um, we have three methods to get into the ZSE. I will detail them later on, but basically uh, what you need to know is that you can go through a stock broker, which is the traditional method and what we've done for years and years, But we have also opened up to technology, and now we have two avenues currently operating, uh, which you can enter through, which is the ZSC Direct, that is a a platform run by the ZSC itself to allow uh, direct access through online platforms, and C-Trade, which is run by the Escrow Group, uh, which also allows you access to the um, stock exchange directly. So um, the ease of entry is really important because, some investments have um, what you'd call like gatekeeping, you know, where they will keep you out of the investments or they'll make it very difficult. Uh, one of the things that you, you'll find out about stockbrokers is stockbrokers, while the shares on the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange are sold for, you know, cents to dollars, uh, they may require you to come up with quite a large sum of money to become their client upfront which is an, an element of uh, making entry more difficult. So um, generally speaking, the ZSC is easy to get into. I do understand that circumstances differ and you have to look at your own per- personal circumstances, but uh, for the most part, entry into the ZAC is actually um, fairly easy. Then we have ease of exit. Now ease of exit is determined by a number of factors. Um, because we're thinking about shares, what we're looking at is, um, you know, you have to sell off your shares. Now, the shares are, for the most part, as easy to sell as they are to buy. Um, the other element of it is when we talk about exit, remember um, when we're dealing with shares, and I will detail this much better later on, but um, there are other ways to make money besides selling your shares. And I'll get into that. So, there are ways, uh, more, there's more than one way for you to make money off your shares. Um, and it is fairly easy to also get out of the position. So you can enter a position today and get out of it tomorrow if that so suits you, Um, in in most cases. So that's ease of entry, good. Ease of exit, good. Now, degree of risk. This one is really, really important because it's not about how risky the investment is, per se. It's more about how much risk you as a person can take. Now, I speak to a lot of people in different circumstances when it comes to the ZSEs. And one thing that I'd like to point out when it comes to this is one factor that really, really um, uh, determines or or, or is important when it comes to your personal risk profile is how long you are in the game for. So if my goal is to, you know, invest my money, uh, spin it and get out of it, um, maybe, you know, Christmas time, I want to have a bit of fun or in December there um and uh, the, the the another person has the goal of investing their money for let's say you know 5 years clearly um i will be more sensitive to any short term shocks that happen so if the price of my investment goes down suddenly i'm going to be sweating a lot more than somebody who's invested for 5 years or so so you need to think about that is you, you know it's more about your risk appetite not necessarily how risky the investment is you obviously cannot play risky games like investing in the stock market with money that you need for rent uh what is today the 29th money that you need for rent in 2 days that's a really really bad idea by any measure you know but if you're looking at the longer term you're looking the greater your risk appetite so the the stock exchange would really suit people who are you know looking toward Um, longer term. I have a lot of people who come to me and they talk about three months. I tend to reduce the expectations and talk about, you know, minimum one year. Um, Can you make money in the short term? You absolutely can. But this is really more of a long game outlook. So long, we're talking one year going forward. Um, You can do it for a shorter period. That's fine. It's allowed. But it is really a long game outlook also the rewards in these things go to people who are longer in the game. So people who come in for a short term um, will, will they they can make their money, but the people who make the best of the money in the market are people who have a longer term view in the market. Okay. Um, another thing you need to consider when it comes to um, if something is the right investment for you is the issue of compounding and accrual. Now compounding is simply um, Reinvesting your returns into the investment so that they also grow and bring you back some more money. It is replanting the seeds rather than eating the seeds. Um, and accrual is when and where the 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 returns come to you. So, for example, uh, you can have an interest-bearing product that has you know um, interest that is um, calculated daily but is only paid to you at the end of the year, which means You'll be getting, you know, your 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 let's say your 5% interest calculated daily, but it's only paid to you at the end of the year, which means you can't compound that 5% until the end of the year. You can't put it back, you can't access it until the end of the year. So accrual is also really, really important to understand. Now, when it comes to the ZSC, um, you're compounding. Um, there was a time when we had things like DRIPS, which um short for dividend reinvestment program. If I use too much jargon, please let me know. Um now, what they would do is um, you could choose when, you know, you the, the company says we have a dividend for you, which is a payout of profits. Um, you could choose to say, no, do you know what? Just give me more shares of the company instead of the dividends. OK, so that would allow you to, to automatically compound your returns. Um, as things stand in the market, what we are doing is we are compounding our own returns. I got uh, a decent Dividend from OK recently, and I used that to purchase shares in another company. Um, so that is possible on the ZSC. As, as things stand right now, it is your personal responsibility to make that happen. Nobody's doing that for you. Okay, another thing to consider uh, to know if something is the right investment for you is a vesting period. Vesting period is really, really, really important guys. Um, what a vesting period basically means is, for example, like a, a term deposit, where they tell you that we will pay you a certain amount of interest, but you must have your money deposited with us for a year or two years, minimum. Okay, that's that's in, in simple terms what a vesting period is. Now, with the ZSC, there are no vesting periods per se. Okay, and I emphasize on the per se. Um, vesting we spoke about the horizon like in terms of your outlook when it comes to figuring out if something is right for you is the right investment for you and this is where vesting comes in because what you will find uh, and i'll i'll go back to this point again is that the people who get the best rewards in the market are the people who've been in the market for you know longer it it, it is just the way it works so if you are not ready to sit on the money that you plan to invest for you know a year, two years. I mean, look, guys, you can do it for six months. You, you actually make healthy money in six months with the right decisions. But the fact of the matter is the 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 longer term your outlook, the better your returns are going to be. And that is I think in every market, I love the way like um when we're talking about even the cryptocurrency market, how, you know, the guys who made a lot of money off crypto are not guys who bought crypto last week. They're guys who bought crypto in 2014 and forgot. You know, they bought Bitcoin in 2014 and they forgot about it. So, um, in the vesting period, you've got to look at like, you know, how long does it take to really, really make the sort of returns you want to make, right? ZSC is is killing it right now, and you know, for someone like me who's got a low limit of doubling my money, that's possible in 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 a short period. But you know, uh, I always encourage people to think of at least a year. Um, going forward. And the final thing is liquidity. Liquidity is simply um, a measure of how quickly you can turn something into cash. And uh, I think through what we've been talking about, you realize that uh, it's very easy for the most part. There are cases where it's difficult, but for most counters on the ZSE, uh, it's very easy to turn your investment into money and you know take it to your bank account and then uh, con- convert it into US dollars uh, through the auction, of course, but convert it into US dollars. Um, so, liquidity, um, stock markets are great for that. So, uh, just to recap that, how to know if something is the right investment for you? You check the ease of entry, you check the ease of exit, you check the degree of risk, meaning how much risk can you take, you check the ability to compound. And when the benefits are paid, you check the vesting period, how long you have to be in to start getting sensible returns, and you check the liquidity, uh, which is how easily you can turn your investment into cash. Okay. Um, Are there any questions at this point? If you have a question, feel free to request. I'll make your speaker. You can come through. Um, If not, I am going to go ahead into the next section, which I think is the one we're all here for uh the the how the actual doing of the investing on the zsc all i don't see any requests so i'm going to proceed to the methods of getting into the zsc now as i mentioned before there are three methods to get yourself who was requesting and why are you requesting okay um all right zim youth investor i'm assuming you've got a question Yes or no? No, I'm guessing that was a glitch then.
1: Did you give him a mic?
0: Yeah, I did. And oh, you know what? They keep dropping out. Hang on. Same Youth Investor? Uh, It seems like they're having network trouble. So they're trying to connect, but it's being a bit iffy. Yeah, all right. Um, Okay, let me go ahead into the actual methods. This is the doing part. This is the meat and bones. Uh, This is the part where you record, guys. This is the part where you press record. Now, I'm going to speak about the three methods of investing on the ZSC and how to go about it. Um, Method number one, I'm going to talk about the traditional method, which is through stockbrokers, okay? Now, uh, the ZSC currently has 18 approved stockbrokers. Until yesterday, we had 19 but one of them was dropped. Um, If you go on the Startup Biz website, www.startupbiz.co.zw, we have a ZSC section and I recently posted an article that uh, talks a little bit about the well, then 19, but now 18 stockbrokers that are registered with the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. And it also gives um, like at least, you know, a web link for them or where web links are not available. There is access to their phone number. So you can actually talk to these stockbrokers. Now, stockbrokers are the people on the floor. So they are in the market, right? These are the guys who actually go and do the trade. So how it would work is I would take my money, give my money to a stockbroker. And then I would say to a stockbroker, I would like a thousand shares of econet please go and buy them for me the broker would then take that instruction to the market and ask if anybody's selling a thousand shares of econet or look if people are selling econet and then buy it for me okay so um you can tell already by that description that it involves a lot of steps the advantages of using stock brokers um first of all they have access to information they are on the floor they are on the market uh, a lot of brokerage firms also happen to employ analysts and you know they are obviously looking at the market and getting into data and trying to give good recommendations, basically working for their clients to find them the right shares and companies to invest in. Uh, so the stockbrokers will then provide you with this market intelligence or market information as a client of theirs to enable you to make your decisions. They do help you with making smarter moves. And another advantage, they do all the heavy lifting. So you give the broker an instruction once and they get to work on it and they make it happen however they can make it happen. Um, The disadvantage is firstly, they are slow in terms of moving the money. Um, If I wanted, uh, like in the example I gave, I would have to send the money to my broker. Um, So that's from my bank account to their bank account. And then after the money has cleared, the broker would then perform the transaction for me whereas with uh, the other methods we're going to talk about later on i can actually send money there pretty much instantly and be transacting pretty much instantly if for some reason i want to do it you know really quickly um secondly they are you know the entry costs uh like i said brokers can ask you to put up uh, what can only be described as ridiculous amounts of money to actually participate on the market, and and I think it's a bit um, disingenuous because, you know, we are talking about buying shares that are worth, um, you know, sometimes around a, a dollar or less. But someone will tell you to stamp up, you know, uh, the equivalent of, uh, you know, 15000 dollars to buy one dollar shares. Um i I think it's a bit disingenuous and it's something that we we you know that that should be looked at. But um, such are markets. Not all brokers are the same, of course. Um so different brokers have different abilities and you'll find also, you know they 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 some give better service than others. So they, it's not a guarantee that once you've got a broker, you've got a good broker. There's still a bit of shopping. You are lucky that we've only got eighteen brokers. Uh, and uh, it's not very hard to find out who's serious about your money and who's not um, by, you know, a quick conversation with them or looking at the stuff they do and the activities they get into uh, on the market and in public. So stockbrokers are also a good option if you are based outside of Zimbabwe and you do not have um, a Zimbabwean bank account, this is a situation that I had to deal with, but I will talk about this a bit later on and how I dealt with it. Um, so yeah, with, um, with stockbrokers, it's really, you know, the, the, there's a lot of thinking to do, but I think what really, really makes um, brokers an issue at the end of the day, because you can work around all the other things, but um, if they're asking you to put up a ridiculous amount of money up front uh, to get into the market, that's going to be probably the biggest problem with, um, with stockbrokers. Right. Then we move on to the digital methods. Now I'm going to combine these two because they are not very different. Um, first of all, we have ZSC Direct. Now, ZSC Direct is a web only, so you can only access this through your web browser, but that's on any device that can access a web browser. You can uh, you can trade shares through ZSC Direct. So the way this would work is you deposit money into your ZSE direct account from your bank account. and from there, via your, your, your web browser, you are calling the shots. So you are saying, I want a thousand shares of Econet and you're actually making a request to the market for a thousand shares of Econet. Um, it's all in your hands, you know. Um, then we look at CTrade. CTrade is the other one uh, that, that is the online option. Now with CTrade, you have the web, but you also have Android app, iOS app, and if you ever needed USSD um, participation, you know, USSD Master, one, two, hash, you can do that. So, um, C Trade really, and it was the first digital platform that we had. So, C Trade really blew it up. They, they really blew the market wide open um, in terms of access because when we work on um, these online platforms, the you only have a few requirements. Um, realistically, only two requirements that you have to meet. So unlike brokers who are asking you to stamp up, you know, ten thousand, fifteen thousand um, dollars, with with C trade and ZSC Direct, the only things you have to make sure of is that first of all, your transactions are in lots of a hundred. So I cannot buy 50 shares, I cannot buy 101 shares. It must be 100 and multiples thereof, so 100, 200. As long as it's a multiple of 100, you can buy that number of shares, right? The other rule which works in conjunction with this one is that the value of your transaction must be $100 and above. So if you are buying shares, for example, that are less than $1 in individual share value, you will need to buy more than 100 of those shares, but in multiples of 100 for the transaction to qualify. It cannot go below $100. Works the same for ZDC Direct and C Trade. So those are your your limiting factors. Of course, uh, right now on the ZDC, I think it's only two counters that have prices. Okay, is it? Yeah, it should be two counters only that have prices below um, $1. So that was just academic, but yeah. just just to give you an idea of how it works. So with these ones, you're executing the transactions yourself. Um, They give varying uh, amounts of data about the market. So ZSC Direct will also uh, show you current prices as they change in real, well, minute delay, but they say real time. What's the difference, right? And we'll we'll also give you what they call market depth. Now, market depth in simple terms is letting you know the top 10, and when we say top 10, we mean by price. So the top 10 buy orders in the market, people who are looking to buy shares, what uh, what, what the prices they are offering and the quantities they want to buy. And also the top 10 sell orders. So people who are looking to sell shares, how many shares they are selling and um, what price they are selling at. That is very useful when you want to buy because um, you need to know where the market is at. To I hope I'll be able to explain this a bit better later on. But right now, what I'll say to you is, for example, maybe I have a company that I really think is going to do amazing stuff in the future. And for me, the value of those shares because I'm future focused, is higher than what the market is currently asking for for them. Of course, I would have no problem buying at a dollar when the market is saying 50 cents, but it would be really good for me to know that the market is saying 50 cents and I can double my buy. So that's where ZSC Direct really uh, brings an advantage. C-Trade has data that is delayed by anything from 15 minutes to 30 minutes, Um, they do show you the total. So instead of showing you the top 10, they will show you the total number of shares in the market that are being sold and the total number of shares in the market that are being bought and give you a price that is um, effective for for that particular share. Um, I know I'm setting you up right now to think, if you are thinking of going directly, do you use C-Trade or ZSC Direct? Um, I have an article on this startup, www.startupbiz.co.zw, which compares ZSC Direct and C Ctrade. Um, my advice to you is both of them are free to register on. Um, I prefer Trade's transacting methods currently. Um, and that has a lot to do with the way ZSC Direct handles your money. So if, for example, on, on ZSC Direct, and they're fixing this, they haven't fully fixed it yet. But on ZSC Direct, up to last week, if you sold shares, um, when you sell shares, the money would go back to my my normal bank account, and I would be charged banking uh, charge a withdrawal fee on that money. Um, You know, when if what I wanted to do was to actually sell these shares to buy other shares, that becomes a disadvantage because I'm losing money on the sale. Um, and, and you know I don't have a choice in the matter. Now they fixed that and currently for their sell orders, the money is now held in a ZSC direct account. Um, now if we switch over to C-Trade, C-Trade has always had the trading account. So when you sell shares, the money goes immediately into your account, your C-Trade account, not your bank account. So you're not charged a withdrawal. You can immediately on the spot, use that money to buy other shares. And when you sell on, when you um, buy on C Trade, you can buy something today and sell it the same day. Whereas uh, ZSC Direct, that is not currently possible. They are working on it, and they've been working diligently. So, um, just some things to consider. I would rather use C Trade because I feel it's, it's it transacts better. But you cannot deny the the the, the value that ZSC Direct also brings. And since both are free to sign up. Using the same information, guys, sign up for both. That's my advice. Um, oh, someone was requesting, and now they're gone. I was going to open up for that question. Um, all right. Before we move on to the next thing, does anyone have any questions about the the house? So brokers, ZSE Direct, C-Trade, are there any questions related to that? If you do have a question, just request. I'll let you pop in. Hopefully, it's something I can answer uh, without using too much jargon. All right. I see no requests, which leads me to believe that I'm doing a very good job. Uh, if people are not asking questions, I must be nailing it. eh? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Just to make sure you don't keep yourself pumping yourself. Let me ask you a question then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes,
0: go ahead um
1: I, I I think I thought you can you highlight a bit in terms of um 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 probably the aspect of uh, the registration process okay. Could be, there's only a need probably of an email address probably an i d and also a bank account i guess
0: right thank you man See, this is this is why I, I keep people like you in here techno i'm I'm bringing you up next i'm gonna approve your request now let me just answer this question and then you can go ahead and speak uh okay so when it comes to the registration process. Um, what you will need is an ID. Uh, you will need a bank account. Um, you may need proof of residence, okay? Um, so this is for both ZSC Direct and C-Trade. They, they work in pretty much similar ways. Um, you The registration process on C-Trade will take you around about four days. Um, on ZSC Direct, you might expect up to maybe a week, uh, a week of working days. So, you know, just let's let's call it two weeks, uh, basically. But yeah, it's it's very simple registration process. All of it done online. You may be required to fill out an extra form when you are registering with um, ZSE Direct. And that depends on the broker you choose. Um, when you're working through the online methods, what you need to understand is you are still going to work through the stock brokers they are still going to go on the floor to represent you. Um, the one difference comes in that C trade you can choose your broker on a per transaction basis. So I can choose one broker for this transaction and I can choose another broker for the next transaction. With ZSC Direct, they are locking you into a broker. And so you will need to register for a central securities depository account, which is basically where they keep a record of what you own and what you, well not what you owe, but rather what you own basically. Um, so you will need to register for that. So that's what makes it take a little bit longer in creating that account. Whereas C Trade creates an account for you within their own structure. So you're ready to go there. Um, right. Techno Designs, let's hear it.
1: Okay. Thanks very much for the opportunity. In my case, I opened c Trade account sometime. I think it's about two years from now. Mm-hmm so, yeah, at first, I had a lot of interest in it, and I bought some shares mm-hmm. uh it should be cassava shares or something like that
0: okay
1: uh, but since then I've ne- i i I've never rechecked that account or even to see how uh, how how much it's performing and all that right. Stuff. So I would like to know that uh in my case mm-hmm. uh what 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 will happen if i I don't get to log in into the system? or to claim maybe the dividends or or, or, or yeah or anything okay. over maybe because this is almost two years I, I i have never revisited that account i don't know how much it's performing all right really? and the second question that i have uh-huh. the second question that i have yeah uh on this stock exchange market what will happen uh when we uh, when, when when we've got a new monetary policy or something, maybe if we change current, okay, do they switch to say, uh, maybe we can say now we are using the US dollar, right. But when I when I invested, I invested, it was using a US Zim dollar, something like that. Mm-hmm. Can you clarify mm-hmm. on that? All right,
0: no sweat. Um, so you registered with C Trade, you bought your shares through C Trade, uh, and then you haven't touched yes, the thing yes. since, yeah, okay, great. All right. So when you're dealing with C trade, like I said, they keep um, a digital record uh, of 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 what you own. So your shares are there; they are not going anywhere. In fact, we have cases of people who bought um, shares back in the 2000s who totally forgot about them, or have no idea what is going on, or whatever. And then they wake up. Uh, you know, it's those things you forget, and then you wake up, and then you hear, ah, okay, he's doing well. Then you're like, ah, wait, wait, wait. I bought shares in OK <laughs> fifteen years ago. <laughs> where, 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 where are my shares? Where are my shares? What's going on? You know. So um, for, for cases like that, if, if you did or if you come across a person who's bought shares uh, long ago, the shares are still there. They are not going anywhere unless the company went defunct. Your shares are there. They're fine. What you would need to do is to just get in touch with C-Trade to reacquaint you with your account. Um, you know, in case you lost the password or anything, if you received dividends during the process, I don't think Kasav has paid any dividends, but nonetheless, if you receive dividends during the process, your dividends have been credited to your C Trade account and are sitting there being hit by inflation.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. Unfortunately, uh, but so, yeah, so the, context good, so, uh, so the good thing you I'm saying my, my investment is not gonna disappear, so I'll just wait for that. Uh, big paycheck when I hear that maybe one of these uh, <laughs> chefs uh, that I bought I, 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 I've scored big so I think that, that that's where my worry was oh, to say right. maybe they will check the history and see, and see if the maybe the, the participant is not uh, active or they can just dissolve the funds that's what, that's what I was thinking yeah.
0: okay no 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 there, there's no worries about that now to your second question which is a question I actually love um, because I have an easy answer for it uh, <laughs> What happens if we change okay. currency? Right. Now, um, if we go back to... I started investing in 2007, by the way. Um, so if we go back to what happened in 2008, the stock exchange was closed because the authorities felt that the stock exchange was getting very cozy with uh, money, um, with the black market, with the foreign currency black market, right? Long story, but we, we it, it's always closed for the same reason. Um, anyway... The stock exchange was closed. And then in February 2009, um, they they decided to dollarize the economy. The stock exchange was still closed through this process. Now, when we restarted the stock exchange in 2009, uh, shares were reset, okay, because there was no way to, well, I mean, there was a way, but it was going to be extremely excessive to, to divide your shares at, I think it was one US dollar to 145 million was a trillion zim dollars so it was ridiculous anyway at any rate so what they did was a reset and they allowed uh so you still owned your shares but there was a reset and they allowed people to find prices for the shares uh which led to the u.s dollar pricing that we found in 2009 and you know carried on 2000 and, uh it peaked i think it was in 2013 so I like to look at the past because it's concrete and we know exactly what happened. This is not a guarantee that that is what would happen if we do it another way around. But I'm fairly confident that we don't usually change the way we deal with things. So you'll probably find that you will go through the same process again. There will be a reset or some sort of price discovery to find the new value of the
1: shares. Oh, okay. Maybe... Just, just, just a follow-up question. So, you, 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 yeah, are, are you saying, uh, if there is that change in, uh, in the mental policy of uh, or the current that we're using, uh, <clears throat> you they maintain the same number of shares that we have, but maybe on dif- uh, it will now be on uh, with different value uh, for 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 a certain current. Is that? the...
0: Absolutely. Your number of shares does not change due to a monetary policy. There are only a few things that can change your number of shares, and they're all done by the company, not by the government.
1: Ah, uh, oh, I see. Clear. Thanks very much for, for making it clear.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Captain Awesome, I, oh. I, I, I see you've got a question. Um, please come through and ask. Or well, if you've stepped away from your phone. Okay. Uh, this guy's probably stepped away from his phone. Um, I'm going to continue to the next part, uh, which is more meat and bones. Don't worry, people. We, we keep it meat and bones out here. So the next one is titled, where is the money? Where is the money in the stock exchange? you hear people? Uh, I'm hoping some of you have seen uh, some of the material that we produce, like with Startup Biz and the charts. Are you in Captain Awesome? Okay. Um, So let me just get through this section then then, then you can ask a question if you have one. Um, So you see us talking about like, uh, you know, there's this chart that I love to produce which tells you in U.S. dollars, because I I prefer to do the values in U.S. dollars, um, which tells you that if you had invested a hundred U.S. dollars in Econet uh, at the beginning of the year, today your hundred dollars would be worth $200 or $300 or whatever it is. Um, So people are telling you there's money in the stock exchange. Where is the actual money? This is the question. So in this section, I just want to talk about the two and maybe more ways that you can make money on the stock exchange. Captain Awesome. Let, let me just finish this section and then I know I'll get to your question, okay? All right, I hope you he heard me. Um. Right, so there are two and maybe more ways that you can make money on the stock exchange, but there are two big ones to think about right now the first one is what we call capital gain capital gain is the appreciation in value of your shares i buy shares today at one dollar tomorrow they are worth twenty dollars i have a capital gain of nineteen dollars on my shares so the the your your money grows through the valuation of your investment right now This one we need to be really careful about because while it's the one we get most excited about, what we must always remember is that it's goblin treasure. Uh, I hope that's a term people have heard before, but what it basically means is that it's not accessible. As long as my money is still in the shares, my shares may have a high valuation, but it's not money in my pocket and therefore it's goblin treasure, it's theoretical gains, right? Uh, the problem with capital gain is to access it, you must then kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. You must sell your investment to get uh, the, the gains from the investment. Um, now, this, depending on the circumstances, you may sell part of it, you may need to sell all of it. It, it just depends. But at the end of the day, capital gain is, is the big one on the dead sea. It's the most of what you're going to get um, on most capital markets, to be honest with you. So this is not just a ZSE thing. Anywhere around the world, really, uh, capital gains are the big ones, right? Um, This is where the most of the money is made. Um, People will say, you know, buy low, sell high. That's the strategy. I don't think that's a strategy. I think that's a statement, but nonetheless, it does capture the essence of capital gain. Buy at a low price sell at a higher price. And then there is the dividend. Now dividends um, are profit distributions uh, from the company to its shareholders. So this is money the company has made over the years, or, over the year or previous years that they have stored up and they decide, let me let us pay out our shareholders for being so nice to us. Uh, because remember, shareholding is not entirely passive. You are also voting at annual general meetings, and you have shareholder power. Um, So (laughs) the company, the the management to be exact, may feel like saying thank you for not being a nuisance uh, this year. Here's money for you. Um, You know, uh, we've we've just come out of, uh, well, we're just at the end of uh, quite a big dividend month if you are holding the right companies. Um, OK, Zimbabwe paid a dividend. uh, Delta paid a dividend. Zimre paid a dividend. Uh, a few other companies drop dividends uh, during the month. Um, now, the reality of the dividend game is, I, would, I always tell people not to get overly excited about the dividend game. Um, this is because while the dividends do come, they tend to be very small. And I don't just, of course they're very small because I'm investing small money, right? So if I invest $100, I mean, well, you know, what do I expect to get back in dividends? Um, But also uh, in the sense that as a percentage, now there's what we call the dividend yield, which is where you take the dividend a company has paid out and you divide that dividend by the price of the shares in the market at the time. So this basically says for you to get $1 of dividend, how many dollars of investing must you do? Okay. Now, uh, in Zimbabwe, a high dividend yield is 3%. Uh, <laughs> that, In fact, that's, that's, that's like ridiculously high. In Zimbabwe, the average dividend yield is playing around about 1.5%. Uh, might be a little bit lower than that. Uh, I, I'd have to recalculate it. But yeah, you're playing it somewhere around 1. 1. 1.6, 1. 6, 1. 1.7%, somewhere there. And if you think about that, that means that if you take a thousand Zim dollars, uh you what what is what is 1.5% of a thousand Zim dollars? It's 150 Zim dollars. So uh, clearly um the dividend game, you would think that the dividend game favors people who invest bigger amounts, but the reality is 1.5% is always going to be 1.5%. So, you know, as 1.5% of a uh, thousand is only 150, 1.5% of um oh sorry uh, is is only 15 rather sorry uh 1.5% of 10000 is only 150 so realistically the dividend game is you know not that rewarding even if you put up a milli it's still 1.5% what i will say though is that dividends are always a good sign of either how the company has been performing. So it has the money to distribute from its profits in current or previous years, but it is also an indicator of how the company treats its shareholders. Now, it's it's not to say that if a company is not paying dividends, they hate their shareholders, no. But it does show, uh, for example, um, I will not mention too many company names during this presentation, because I don't want to obviously seem like I'm advocating for for certain investments, but there's a, a company out there that has a consistent policy of paying out 40%, around about 40% of its annual profits as dividends. Now um, you look at that and you say, oh, okay, these guys absolutely love the investors and they love to reward them for being with the company. So those are your two main ways of making money with shares that we currently have available in Zimbabwe. Capital gain, this is the growth in the value of your investment. And then there is dividend, which is profit distribution made by the company to owners of the shares or the shareholders, Uh, right? Any questions before I go into the next topic? This is about to get fun. If it hasn't been fun already, that is because I I think it's fun, I'm enjoying. All right, I see no requests. I'm going to assume there are no questions at this juncture. Um, So the next section, Um, is going to be about picking the right shares for you. If you're a notebook person, this is where you bring out the notebook. Um, Right, so you've managed to register, you've put money in there, now you want to know what to buy. I have here, what is this? Five tips. There's I mean, you need a lot more than five tips, but these five tips will get your head in the right space to start with. Tip number one is to know why you are there, okay? Now, when I say know why you are there, um, it is perfectly acceptable to want to make short-term money. While I will not always encourage people to make short-term money, it is perfectly acceptable. And just for the record, before somebody comes out, there and calls me a hypocrite because I see people who know me in this space, I do also make short-term money uh, on the stock exchange, okay? So decide why you are there and know why you are there. So this is, first of all, internal. You have to look at yourself and understand what you are doing there, why you are doing it. Um, Look, some people are investing for their retirement. That's great. You know, some of us have been investing for the last 12 months because we want to keep that money safe for the iPhone 13 so that it grows. And when it's time to buy the iPhone 13, we don't have to take as much money out of our pocket as we as, as we would have if we were just spending from our pocket some people are saving up for christmas and you know holidays some it, it's it's different with everyone so i would encourage you to look at why you are there because that is going to be the thing that is most important and informs you the most that's number 1 number 2 this one is more for people who are long term but it is also useful to people who want to play the short-term game. And one thing I would encourage you to do is to buy good businesses, okay? Now, a lot of people will tell you buy companies you know, buy companies with products you use, buy companies that people use every day, nonsense. Why I say nonsense is simply because we need to be honest with each other about where we are. We do not use a lot of our service providers yeah, and I'm not. I'm not speaking about anyone in particular. I'm just this, is just in general. We do not use a lot of our um, service providers out of choice. We are forced into it. This is the nature of the environment we're living in. So using that as a measure, I don't think is good enough. What you want to do is to buy good businesses, businesses which um, have good outlook. Now, when I say good outlook. It's very important when I say good businesses and good outlook, I'm not talking about businesses where you love to spend your money. Where you love to spend your money is great. That's good for you. What's important when it comes to looking at a good business, there are two things that I will say to you, always check this out. Number one, can the business sell more of their products to existing customers? Okay, so if I am selling ice cream, can I sell more ice creams to my existing customers right now? Number two, can the business find new customers to sell um, their products to? Because that's how you increase profit in business. There's nothing more to it. You either sell to more people or you sell more to the same people. That's it. The goal is to sell more. So that's how I look at good businesses. Of course, you will then go deeper into it and look at how they achieve it and how they run the business and you know their relationship with money and their relationship with the law and so on and so forth. However, and their management, quality of their management and the quality of their corporate governance. But please, can they find new customers? Can they sell more to existing customers? A business that's functioning well, that's growing properly, will firstly bring in new customers in the door. And once they have those new customers in the door, they will sell more to those new customers that they've brought into the door. There is, I said I don't want to mention companies, guys, but I'm doing this for educational purposes, so don't nobody act on this like it's financial advice. Please, Simbisa brands, for example, Um, announced that in this year, I think they will achieve it this year, though COVID has kind of hit them, but they want to open 45 new outlets. Now, you have to think about this and say that uh, a food court, a food court uh, with Simbisa Brands has, I think it's five five or six um, shops in it. So these guys, 45 outlets times six shops is a very big number that I'm not going to calculate right now. But... That's more opportunities to find new customers in areas that they previously were not located, and to sell products to those new customers, and hopefully create strong relationships with those new customers and sell more to them. That's the sort of thing you're looking for in, when I say a good business. You know, there's another example which I like, um, Kafka. Now, Kafka manufactures um, ICT cables, so you know, fiber cables, copper cables, stuff like that. Now, um, in 2019. Kafka really suffered from um, from uh, load shedding. He's our best friend, right? And so the guys at Kafka made a decision and they're like, we can't keep complaining about Magetzi. And clearly the people who are supposed to do something about Magetzi don't have the capacity to do something about Magetzi right now. Electricity, sorry, I'm saying Magetzi. Sorry, guys. Um, so Kafka's decision was, we are going to work double and triple shifts, whatever it takes. And what we're going to do is we're going to build up um inventory with six months of of our our order book so if people order five tons per month we're going to build up enough to supply 30 tons enough stock of 30 tons which is six months and then we'll start producing towards that now that resulted in the shooting up of kafka's price like crazy this is because investors looked at it and said well that's predictable revenue because where Kafka was having problems with power cuts affecting their supply orders for tomorrow or the day after, now Kafka was saying, if you switch off the electricity for six months, we will still be able to meet all our orders. We will start worrying after six months and one day. Okay, that's good business right there. Um, Okay, Nyasha Bryan. Did you just, and then he dropped. Oh, he had a question, but he dropped. All right. Um, so buy good businesses guys. assess the businesses and you assess good businesses in terms of first of all, their corporate governance. Do they have rules or are they just a lawless bunch of people who are always having boardroom squabbles and boardroom fights? Are they reliable to report information when they're supposed to? Do they have predictable revenue? These are the things that make good com- good businesses, right? Um, the the next part, the next tip for picking the right shares is to know the business. Now, I'm not completely against people who throw money into companies they don't know. The reason why I advocate for knowing the companies and the businesses that you invest in is because there's a lot of noise in in stock markets, in markets in general, but there's a lot of noise out there. And Zimbabwe also has what we call information asymmetry, um, where information doesn't flow equally to every single member of the country. Okay, so some people have better access to information than others, which, and information is, is, is what stock markets are built on. Now, um, what, I, what I advise in this regard is know the businesses you invest in. People say invest in what you know. I say, put, turn that the other way around, know what you invest in. OK, so get out there, do the research, know the company, know how their business works, know what affects them, know what doesn't affect them, know their relationships, know what could possibly be a problem for them. Um, I'll give you a quick example of uh, two weeks ago when we had the um, the noise here in South Africa and you had a lot of people uh, get excited uh, initially because they were like, oh, so um, with 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 the noise in South Africa and, you know, Um, products not being available um, from South Africa, as we usually import a lot of products, it's going to give a lot more space for locally manufactured uh, products to to dominate on the store shelves. Yes, but we also get a lot of raw materials from South Africa. So what happens to companies that locally produce but rely on raw materials from South Africa? They suffer as well. So you need to know what the businesses you invest in. And I suggest you get deep within them. And uh, this comes to my next point, number four, which is focus. Now, the ZSE is a small exchange, as I said, 49 companies and one little ETF. I'll talk about the ETF a little bit later on. Uh, 49 companies is not much. However, um, you have to understand the market you're working in. In Zimbabwe, the market is dominated by what we call institutional investors. So these are investment companies and professional investors and you know sophisticated investors. Now they use analysts. Now um, I, I I should have said this in the intro, guys. I studied finance, I worked in finance, and I currently work in accounting. Um, but what you have are financial analysts. So in in a stock brokerage firm, for example, you can have one person whose only job is to understand everything about the company. And, you know, to to such an extent that uh, if the boss, okay, this is a joke, don't take this seriously, guys. If the boss walks in and says, Tafadzo, how many cars were bought at Delta last year? 45, boss. You know, what I'm trying to express here is that analysts know these companies deeply. And if you are working by yourself, for yourself on this information, you cannot hope to beat the analysts on every single count on the ZAC. What you can do is use the principle of focus. Now, uh, you look at it in different perspectives for different people and different abilities. Um, I recommend focusing on somewhere between five and 15 companies. Um, I normally focus on 10 plus two. So there are 10 companies that I consider my absolute bedrock, long-term investment. Once money goes into them, it's not coming out. I love those companies. They've done good things for me. And then I will have a plus two. Plus two are companies that are the flavor of the moment. Um, you know, but I, I can encourage you to go up to 15. Um, but what I'm trying to say is understand these companies, okay? Understand what they're about, read the financial report, read all the updates. And then, which brings me to point number five, which is keep yourself abreast with what I call an info diary. Now, uh, those who are in the communities that I'm in or read Startup Biz will have an idea on um, the info diary. But what the info diary basically does is it condenses um all the information about a company that is available in the public domain. So, what the infodairy does, it's a it's a little like short thing. You can use it as short form notes. Um, if uh, um, I'm trying to think of an, a, a development that happened recently, okay, um, Lafarge, uh, formerly Circle Cement, they just uh, got their um, new operating plant. Approved and ready to go and work. And they released an update, actually, it was yesterday, I think it was, um, of their performance uh, so far this year. So you would make a quick note and say, okay, new Lafarge plant opened. You know, uh, Lafarge sales volumes have doubled. You know, so you're keeping small short form notes. And what this helps you do is number one, you have all the information on a company in short form notes that you can quickly review. Okay. Number two, um, it also helps you have a complete overview. So when new information comes in, for example, like um, when you then hear that Lafarge builds their first 3D printed house, then you'll be like, oh, yeah, but these guys, they, they, they have that thing where they installed that new plant, and now, look, they're building their first 3D printed house, you know, and you can also take note of price movements in there, because price movements are also very important oh, the price went up today, the price went down today. But what this basically does is, is give you, it gives you the advantage of knowing as much about a company as possible. This is important because you want to know what affects it, when it is affected, and, and you know, what to react to and what not to react to. There's a lot of noise in the market, guys. Every day somebody is telling you to buy something, sell something, ignore something. They're telling you this is trash. Uh, those who are in the startup business WhatsApp groups will – will know that we have um, what we call violence competitions where you know there are people who are emotionally attached to particular counters. Uh, I won't name mine, but there are people who are emotionally attached to particular counters. And we have fun and come at each other on a daily basis and you know attack this person's counter and that person's counter. But uh, all, all this to say that there's a lot of noise in the market. And if you don't understand the company, you won't know what to react to and what not to react to. So a diary will help you understand this. Um, if you would, I I think, how can I do this best? Um, I've I've got it written down anyway, the diary method. So what I can do is anyone who's interested in the diary can just DM me. And what I'll do from there is I will actually, um, just send you the, the, it's just, it's just a little note, but it, it explains, um, you know, the workings of a diary, um, the workings of a stock diary for, for those people who who want to know how to do it okay uh right right okay the questions are coming in um and yeah so that's the principle of focus keep an info diary so picking the right shares here are my tips number one decide why you are there okay number two buy good businesses number three know the businesses number four use the principle of focus, focus on a small number of companies, know more about them than most other people. And number five, use an info diary to organize this information. Okay, now uh, I've got questions coming in from the DM. So I'm just gonna answer these questions uh, before we... Ah, Cameron Poe is asking me, how can I best spread 500 USD on the ZSC as a start? Uh, tip number one is to give hundred of it to me. <laughs> that that would be the best thing you can do for yourself on the is just give give a hundred to me. Um, that's that's the best tip. No 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 I'm I'm not I'm not here to um, tell people what to do with their money. Please we can have this as a private conversation and I can what I like to do when people ask me these questions is I can tell you what I'm buying and why I'm buying it and then you can decide if my why matches your why okay so that's that's as far as i'll go with this i'll happily reply you in private cameron poe um and then okay there's a question here from pro murakata okay thanks for having the space wanted to ask options to have as a Zimbo based outside the country right thank you because i totally forgot about this uh right look uh to murakata and anybody else who is out the uh outside of zim guys. Um, get a Zimbabwean bank account. This is very important because if you're going to use methods like um, CDC Direct and C trade, the issue of third-party deposits, I've suffered for it, is very, very uh, it's frowned upon. They don't want deposits being made in other people's names into your account. Get a um, Zimbabwean bank account. Now, I struggled with this for a while. I talked to every single bank in Zimbabwe. Uh, only one bank responded to me when I did this. Uh, they did come through with the account. That is Stuart Bank. Now, get me right, Stuart Bank has tons of problems, right? But it is still the best way for me to do this, and that's how I've been doing it. So you can apply for the account via email. You can operate the account via app or email, um, and it, 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 you know, they'll they'll get the business done for you so if you are outside zim looking to invest on the zse which is done in zim dollars um, best thing you can do for yourself is get um a, an account with Stuart bank a diaspora account very very easy to apply for it's just a quick process email form uh what you will need is proof of residence copy of your id um proof of residence can be like a utility bill a house lease or anything like that um, they'll process for you they do both Uh, I I don't know why I'm saying this. They do both USD and ZWD accounts, but uh, obviously we're looking for the Zim dollar account to be able to invest on the stock exchange. I hope that's answered. Okay, uh, these are a couple of diary requests. Okay, that's a diary request. Right, I have a question Can One trade in USD on the ZSE. Okay, uh, this is from Gamchirai, otherwise known as Abike. Um, All right. Um, The ZSE is Zimbabwean dollar denominated, okay? We currently have an exchange that we've set up, the Victoria Falls Stock Exchange, which is US dollar denominated, not much action there right now. Um, so the Zimb- the, the ZSE is Zimbabwe dollar dominated and all trading will be done in Zimbabwean dollar. Um, then, okay, that's Um, If we don't make the most by dividends, then do a basic way for the money to grow enough so we can sell. That is pretty much it. Um, capital gain is your friend. Uh, fortunately, we're on a market that is, you know, killing it when it comes to capital gains. I mean, we're talking, you know, 20X, 50X, 70X, 100X your money is not impossible. So yes, um, capital gain is our game. And this is why it's important to then buy good companies and, and you know, Pick companies which have great future prospects. Future earnings prospects equals to future price growth prospects. Okay, so this is this is why I, I emphasize that stuff. Dividends are of course a good sign, but you know, yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a hard game. I tell you, it's a very hard game. Um, okay, so somebody's asking for the WhatsApp group. All right, definitely we can. I, I will link you up to that. Um, Okay, and then you asked about USD and ZWL. It's only ZWL uh, on the the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. All right, so I have cleared those questions. And now I've got more questions, great. Uh, Okay, that's a diary request, thank God. I might start selling this diary, guys. What do you think, should I sell the diary? I think I should sell the diary method, eh? I'm getting a lot of requests about this diary. (laughs) All right, Um, okay, and here's a question. What is your take on the notion that the ZSC is currently overvalued? All right, now, uh, just for those who don't know, there is a lot of thinking going around that the ZSC is overvalued, as in there is too much money on the ZSC right now, And because of that, things are overpriced on the ZSE. Now, what tends to happen in a market when you have overpricing of that nature, sooner or later, people are gonna be like, "Mm, it's time for me to cash out. And the problem with that is people have different cash out levels. So while you may uh, want the share to go up to 120, I can be happy cashing out at 90. And there might be a lot of idiots like me who are happy cashing out at 90. This results in mass selling which results in a market crash or correction or, you know, depression, depending on the extent of the decline in prices that occurs due to this event. When you say the ZSC is overvalued, overvalued compared to what? I I dislike using comparative terms when they are not compared to anything. So when you say things like the ZSC is overvalued, my question to you is going to be overvalued compared to what? Now, if you say the ZSC is overvalued compared to the ZSC last year, I will say to you, look at the economy last year and the economy this year. Our economy is not great by any measure, but we are certainly in a better place than we were last year. Okay. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that. The other, the other reason I don't like to read too much into that is because um, on the ZSC, we. We don't invest in the entire exchange. Now, I'm going to talk about the ETF and the indices uh, just after this. We do not invest in the entire exchange. Um, In in, in other countries, they have what are called index funds, and they can just invest uh, in the whole exchange, so to speak. We don't have that. So I would not concern myself with the ZSC. I would rather concern myself with the companies that I'm going to put my money in. And that is what I would advise you to do. So we go back to my focus method, five to 15 counters. I don't know if the ZSC is overvalued, but I can tell you right now that, okay, Zimbabwe, okay, Zimbabwe, in my opinion, in my unqualified opinion, in my personal opinion, in my bedroom is undervalued. Okay, so I, I, I would prefer to look at it in those terms. Look at what you can actually touch, which is individual counters. Rather than to look at um, ideas like the market being overvalued and overvalued compared to what I, I don't like that because it puts a lot of responsibility on people that, that that you know we are not in a position to handle. Okay, all right, okay, great. I have cleared the questions, and now I can go on to the next part. Unless somebody's got a question they want to ask, which hey guys, I'm on. I'm I'm I'm, I'm open to that. Hi guys, I should have made your people pay for this if I'm doing this good. Okay, now I want to talk about something called the old mutual ETF. We're gonna call it the ETF because it is currently the only ETF uh, on the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Now an ETF is a fund, right? That invests in a particular asset or group of assets or whatever, right? Um, Now the ETF that we have in Zimbabwe, the one that we have right now, is called the old mutual ZSE top 10 ETF. And that's why we're calling it ETFJet because that's a long name. Um, So this one is based on the top 10 companies in Zimbabwe. Now we have what we call indices, just to give you a bit of a a quick quick understanding. Indices group um, companies by certain things such as their size, their industry. There's so many ways of looking at it. We have so many indices in Zimbabwe. One of the indices we have is the top 10. So this is the ZSE top 10. It is the top 10 companies in Zimbabwe based on their size. So this is the value of the company on the stock market, not out there, but the value of the company on the stock market. So the top 10 ETF creates a fund. They put together, let's say $10 million for the sake of argument, they invest all of that $10 million in the top 10 in the same distribution as the top 10 is in its natural size. So for example, if uh, number one, if the number one counter, which happens to be Delta, the biggest company in Zimbabwe right now, is 10% off the top 10, then they put 10% of the money in Delta. So what they do is they mirror the top 10 as it is, okay? And um, then they take the ownership of that fund and break it down into many tiny units. Okay, and then these units are traded on the stock exchange the same way that shares are traded. Exchange, traded, fund. It is a fund that is traded on the exchange. This fund invests in the top 10 companies in Zimbabwe in the proportion of their size in the top 10. This is the top 10 companies based on their size, right? The ETF is new. It was launched on the 4th of January this year. Um, it is useful. Okay, I, I, don't want to be, uh, I don't want people to go say, hey, KG was like, do get into the ETF, get into the ETF. KG didn't say get into the ETF. What KG says is, if you are new to the stock exchange and you do not know the top 10 companies in Zimbabwe, for example, the ETF is for you, okay? If you know the top 10, you know what? You're beyond it. Just do your thing by yourself. But if you don't know the top 10 companies in Zimbabwe, the ETF is for you. If you're new to the market, the ETF is for you. If you're still trying to figure things out, the ETF is for you, okay? The reason why I say the ETF is for you is because you have to understand how the top 10 ETF is made, right? And uh, I do invest um, also outside of Zimbabwe and all of my investing outside of Zimbabwe is in ETFs, right? Now, um, the reason why I recommend this top 10 ETF is because of the way it works. So it is based on the top 10 companies by size. Now, the size of a company is calculated by the number of shares that the company has on the market multiplied by the price of the shares. Now, as I explained earlier on, the number of shares in a company is not going to change uh, except for by a few methods, and those few methods, um, even if they do occur, would actually change the price of the, of the of the of the of the company of the shares. So, with the top ten ETF, the variable that, that 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 determines whether or not a company goes into the top ten is the price. That is to say, if a company starts performing poorly, its price is going to drop meaning that its market capitalization, i.e. its size on the market, is going to drop, meaning that it will fall out of the top 10 and be replaced by a company that is performing well and has a growing price, which will come into the top 10. So your top 10 is guaranteed to have the best-performing companies in terms of their share price, okay? And this is not the best-performing today. This is not the best-performing over last week. This is the best-performing long-term, all right? These are the companies which have grown their share price the most, okay? This is what I love about the ETF. So realistically speaking, the top 10 is always gonna have the best companies in it. I will give you the example of Rainbow Tourism Group. Rainbow Tourism Group last year stormed into the top 10, and then they were left behind. It's not so much that their price dropped uh, in Zim dollar terms, in US dollar terms it did drop, but they were left behind by other counters which grew. The CBZs, you know, uh, the Econets, um, OKs, they grew uh, the, the, the Deltas. And Rainbow Tourism Group then fell out of the top 10 to be replaced by other companies. I believe Lafarge broke into the top 10 uh, just recently. Um, so because Lafarge's share price has been on an absolute rampage. Uh, there are business reasons behind that. Please research. Don't say, hey, this guy said Lafarge has been on a rampage. Let's put money in Lafarge. There are business reasons behind that. Please go and look them up. Um, my point is the top 10 ETF has the 10 best performing companies. So there's no way a company is just going to get into the top 10 by luck. They are in the top 10 because their price is doing well. All right. So When you look at it in that regard, the ETF is going to give you the cream because the cream always rises to the top. A company performs poorly and soon enough, they will drop out of the top 10 and the ETF will adjust. So they they won't adjust immediately. They do it, I think it's every quarter as it stands. So um, they will adjust to say, oh, okay, well, uh, Rainbow Tourism Group is out of the top 10. So we're going to sell the part of our ETF that is up, the part of our fund that's invested in Rainbow and we're going to buy LaFage, which is now replacing Rainbow. Uh, a hypothetical example, not real. So please, you, you know, do, do your research. <laughs> right, um, so, um, okay, that explains the ETF and why it's good. Um, at this point, do we have any questions? Because the next thing I'm going to break into are my tips, uh, mostly for those who have not started and want to get started on the ZSE. Guys, you guys are such a good class. No, like, seriously, you're such a good class. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, I, <laughs> Mrs. Pumpkin, I'm the network that's why we're not asking questions, right? Okay. Uh, master class from Pombi Optimus Bay. You know what? Master class is coming. Um, Okay, there's a question here about the ETF. Now, um, the exchange traded fund, which I was just talking about glowingly for the last couple of minutes, um, the question is, what is the minimum needed to trade in the ETF? So um, there's that rule I was speaking about earlier on that basically binds us to buy in lots of 100. Uh, as of today, the ETF closed at $2. Now, this is important because this thing started the year at 2 $1 per unit, so this is per unit of the ETF. Today it closed at $2, so if you had somehow managed to sneak yourself into the ETF on the 4th of January at $1, uh, your money, however much money you would have put in, would have doubled at this point, and we have just finished the seventh month of the year. I think double your money in seven months, given how cold it is out there. Uh, if you know what I mean, it's cold out there, That's actually not bad. Um, So you're looking at 100 units at $2 a unit. So you're looking at starting from $200. However, remember that it's not a by force matter. And what I mean by this is you are buying from other people on the market. So in order to get um, someone to sell to you, you have to provide, um, first of all, a price they want, and secondly, a quantity they want to let go of. So we need to really be careful about this. It's, it's not a by force matter where just because you're buying, people are going to sell. No, people sell for their reasons. So if you convince me with your price to let go 500 of my shares for you, great, but the market doesn't do what you want it to do. The market does what it does. Okay, and we, we are at the mercy of the market. Um, I have a request here. Yeah, I believe it's Ishauna Esu. Okay, go ahead and ask your question, please. Ishonesu. Okay. Ishoness is a goat guys. Uh, right, I don't know. Uh, I thought you had a question perhaps, not. Right. Um this is how Hi. we are going to Oh, yes, you're there.
1: Hi KG. <laughs> hey, Ishoness. Um, I'm I'm good. Thanks for the for the session. It's really informative. Um I kind of got in a bit late. You probably okay. not have uh, talked about it. Uh, there is talk of the crypto uh, uh, market being highly volatile. So mm-hmm. I don't know, in terms of the stock exchange, does that concept of volatility uh, apply? And if it does, how, how, how volatile is the market, especially the, the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange? or it's a concept that really does only exist in uh, in crypto?
0: I love this question. Um, make my lecturer proud. Right. Um, so when it comes to volatility um, in the stock markets, stock markets are very volatile by nature. You know, um, perhaps as volatile as crypto markets, but I want to put a little bit of a star on that. Um this this is money at risk and things can go up and down. We do not have many cases of wild fluctuations on the ZAC, But for those who want to look deeper into this point, go and look up a company called GetBucks. Okay. Um in the course of 2021, so we are talking from the 4th of January to the um to, to today, the 29th of July. Um GetBucks has gone from uh, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe getbacks went from it was 23 cents to um did we peak at 16 and today we are down to just under five dollars. Okay, so you that's that's a huge spread. So volatility is there, and you know it goes back to what I was saying about um, I don't know if you caught this part, but we are saying that you know. This is why we always advise to buy good businesses, businesses with some sort of sign of a good and stable future. It helps. It's not a guarantee, but it helps.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Right. Uh, I've got a question here from the financial preacher, Uncle. How are you, Uncle? Um, his question is asking, because I, I spoke about the ETF, and one thing I, I, I forgot to mention was that um if if you are intent on buying the old virtual ZSC top 10 ETF, you can do it through a stockbroker, you can do it through ZSE Direct, the online platform which you can register on for free. Currently on C Trade, they are working to get the ETF available. But it is not yet available on the platform. Unfortunately, I don't know. <clears throat> um I, I don't know when it will be done. I do look forward to it myself. But for the moment, if you are going to go into the ETF, ZSC Direct or through a broker, uh, then I've got a question here from Nasha Wilson. Um, does the ETF pay dividends? So, right, thank you very much. I sometimes I forget some of these things. Now, with the ETF, all the benefits of shareholding flow to the owners of the units in the ETF. So, if the companies in the ETF pay dividends, you will be given your portion of that dividend that is entitled to your units of ownership in the ETF. So, short answer, yes. The ETF does pay dividends, um, right? Yeah. So I've got a message here from uh, Zim Youth ZSC Investor saying you can buy the ETF on C Trade now. Uh, we are aware that the C Trade da- the the ETF does show up on C Trade, but um, in our in our communities, we have not um, had confirmation of a purchase. Of the, C- of the ETF through Ctrade. So that's why I was very cautious in the way I spoke about Ctrade, working on getting the ETF there, but it not yet being available. So it does show up, it does pop up. You can make a request to buy it, but I do not know anyone who has managed to buy the ETF through Ctrade yet. If anyone has, please let me know because that, that would be good news. I've tried myself. I have uh, an order that's been open there for 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 you know what is it now three weeks or something and you know nothing has come off it, but we we we, we do look forward to that and uh, if anybody has managed or if you yourself have managed DCS investor, please let me know. Right now, uh, finally, we we're supposed to finish at seven thirty, but yeah, hey, eh, this is life. So finally, my tips. Um, this is a mix of tips for people who are just starting, people who are contemplating starting, you know, people who are in it, maybe people who uh, not to mention anyone, but maybe people who bought two years ago and haven't bought anything since. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my first tip to you is start. Look guys, the hardest thing is getting started. Uh, particularly uh, and and you know, I know a lot of people will have, have these problems. But, when you're meeting new things and interfacing with new things, um to put it in perspective, I studied finance. I worked in finance. Um, but when it came to using these platforms, I was a baby. I was learning from scratch. So, for me, I had the benefit of understanding finance, understanding stock markets, understanding investing. Yet, I still had teething pains of learning how to use these things. So you can imagine how it is for someone who, then have no knowledge of finance, no knowledge of stock markets, no knowledge of all of this, and must also learn how to use the platform. It's a daunting task. But the only way to get through it is to start, right? Those people who do want to start on the ZDC, I know, uh, I, look, I understand how things are in our country. You know, let's not lie to each other and be like, hey, we're balling, we're not. Um, so a lot of people ask me, what's the minimum you recommend? Um, you like I said, the, the the actual rules on the platforms are minimum 100 Zim dollars, right? A lot of people will tell you right now that you can get invested with as little as 500 Zim dollars or 1,000 Zim dollars. Yeah, you know, the, the difference from person to person. In KG's humble opinion, 2,000 Zim dollars is the minimum you can start with right now. Um, because if you start with something like $500, you're going to be limited in terms of the companies you can reach, and by my uh, estimation, I would say there are only—and uh, this is pushing it. Don't don't take this as gospel. This is off the top of my head. I would say there are maybe three or four quality companies on the ZAC uh, which are below five dollars. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, three or four quality companies. Um, If you want to buy quality, I would recommend minimum of $2,000. Because remember, you're buying minimum of 100 units. So if a company is $5, you will need $500 to buy the 100 units, plus costs. Remember, there are costs associated. Totally forgot about this. I'll mention the costs just now. Um, Plus costs, right? So when I say $2,000, that's going to allow you to buy hundred shares of uh, a $20 a share company. Uh, my favorite company is currently under $20. So that's a good, that, that, that that's why I chose that. My favorite company were around 50, I would have said 5,000, okay? But number one, get started, get in there, um, go through the teething pains, get to know the system. Starting is the hardest thing you'll ever do. After starting, the next most difficult thing is sticking to it. Now, I don't know how your wallet is built, but I can tell you how my wallet is built. My wallet is built on monthly income, right? And I have other income, of course, that comes in here and there, depending on, you know, side side gig and so on and so forth. But it's also fairly predictable income. Um, The point I'm trying to make is stick to it. um, Set yourself a target. You know, if you're going to be a 10% or 10% of your income every month or however often you earn income goes into investing do it. If it's 20, do it. Or um, a case like mine where I have, I, I do I do a, a number of things. And one of the things I do that gives me a Zim dollar income, I have decided that the entirety of that income goes into investing on the ZSE. So all of it just goes there, you know, when it comes. Um, <clears throat> the point is, you need to get into the habit of it, because life is habit. And what you'll find is that, remember when I said earlier on that um, the best returns go to the people who stay in the game, you know. So even if you don't have a huge chunk of money to invest at first, you can go in bit by bit, small, small, and invest. There's a strategy that we, uh, we, we, we well, it's not mine, but um, we, we, I, I learned it from uh, Robert Kiyosaki, and um, I, I, I always encourage people um, to use this strategy. Now, the quality companies are fairly expensive. You know, there's very few cases of quality companies where their shares are not expensive. Um, the majority of quality companies are extremely expensive. What I recommend to people to do if you have small money like me, so you know you don't have enough, I'll give you an example of um, net, net, national foods. National foods is huge, but right now um, one share of national foods is $500. ZIM It broke 500 recently, should be. 530, I think, somewhere thereabouts. Um, now, if you want to buy National foods on on something like sea uh, trade, then you're looking at yeah. So it's five hundred and thirty dollars per share. You're looking at spending five thousand, um, sorry, fifty k. Wow. Now I'm demotivated. You're looking at spending fifty k <laughs> to get a hundred shares. <laughs> I'm sorry guys, but that's life. So fifty k Zoom dollars for some of us is untouchable to just splash out at once. So I recommend the strategy. It's from the game of Monopoly. Those who play Monopoly will understand this very well, or at least those who win at Monopoly. If you lose at Monopoly, you won't get this. Or Zimopoly, I think the the theory is the same. Four greenhouses, one red hotel. Use the small money you have to buy good small companies. Let the money accumulate. Each month I'm coming back. Like I said, to buy um, net foods, I'm gonna need 50K. Assuming prices don't change. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come with my 500. I'm going to buy something that I can get for 500 every month, every month, every month, every month. Now, if I'm lucky, the prices will grow, and you know, sometimes like this year, the small companies have actually outpaced the big companies in growth. So uh, slowly, slowly accumulate. After, if I'm going at 500, what is it? After 100 months, <laughs> after 100 months, I've got 50k in there. Then I sell my all my my small shares and I buy the big red hotel, I buy the net foods with that. So don't be discouraged because the companies you particularly want are expensive to buy in at once, okay? Use the strategy, buy the small ones, but buy quality ones. Buy small quality ones as a way to accumulate your money in the market, okay? And then grow towards the size you want. Uh, There's a a, a screenshot that's been going around where somebody has – I think it's, 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 it's 800K, 800,000 Zim dollars in a portfolio. And people are like, wow, wow, wow. And I absolutely applaud that person. I don't know how they got to 800K, but you can do it too by sticking to it. You can do it too. A, a lot of people are talking about maybe putting around, I, I think that the level for most people, I saying most is, is unfair. The level for many people uh, is putting in maybe uh, 10,000 a month, 10,000 Zim dollars a month. You know, at $10,000 a month, um, it's only going to take you 80 months to reach 800K. And that's, of course, if the shares aren't growing in value. My point is stick to it. Keep doing it. Go small, small in small steps. You will get there. But you've got to cultivate a habit of doing it. Number three is know your businesses. Please do not just post money into these businesses without knowing them, without understanding what affects them and what moves them. Uh, Tinashe, let me just wrap this up and then you can ask your a question. Um, now, know the businesses that you're investing in. And this is not know where they are. It's you say, ah, no, their address is number one, Daganam Road, and, and come on. Yeah. Know the business, know what they do, know how they work, know what affects them, know what makes them boom, know when they grow, know their history, know what's happening, know who's in charge of the business and so on and so forth, you know. Um, And yeah, basically grow into, number four, grow into your role as an investor. You know, none of us started knowing everything we know today. We grew into it. So allow yourself the opportunity to grow into into the position you want to be in. We all want a million, uh, well, want a million US dollar portfolio, but we'll take a million RTGS portfolio at the moment. You know, we all want that. Um, We're not all going to get it. Uh, or at least, let me say, we're not all going to start with it. I think that, that's the more important thing. Uh, but you can grow into it. And this is so important, especially when it comes to stock market investing. Now, uh, I, I'm not I'm not young, uh, but for someone younger than me, they might have, you know, uh, 30, 40 years to do this, you know, before they, 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 they go into pension mode or whatever. But the point is, like, use the opportunity you have to grow you know, grow into the role you want, grow into the portfolio you want. It's not about what you start with, okay? It's about what you make out of yourself once you start, right? And my final point is risk management. Now, this is uh, such a big issue uh, because it ties into a lot of what I've just been saying, and that's why I had to bring risk management last. Understand that when it comes to rating companies and doing all these things, you need to insulate yourself from risk. Now, people will talk about diversifying. I'm not a fan of diversifying for the sake of diversifying. But when you know that a company is a speculative position, and I'll give you an example of a speculative position. Guys, I bought into GetBucks when it was a dollar because I saw that this thing is going somewhere. And I sold out of GetBucks at $9.60, right? Before, before it hit its peak. And before it started reversing, reverse agile. I knew that GitBucks was a risky position. I wasn't a hundred on, 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 on the fundamentals behind GitBax. So I was speculating and taking advantage of a price movement. So I used the risk management technique that I learned in Forex trading, which is limit your um, Limit your exposure to risky counters. By limit your exposure, I mean, if you have a portfolio that is worth, let's say 100,000 some dollars, right? You would use maybe like a 1% or a 5% rule, depending on you know, what you're looking at and how you're looking at it. I, for example, use a 1% rule. So, and I've been recently encouraged to upgrade it to 2.5%. But my 1% rule basically says that I will not take risk in a company that is greater than 1% of my overall portfolio in case things go bad, right? Now, my thing is ridiculously conservative. It's ridiculously conservative, but it has saved me and it has kept me very, very happy with the returns I've gotten on the market because you know, with get bucks going from a dollar to 9, 9.6, that's you know almost 10 uh, X my money. And while the immediate thought would be, ah, oh, you know, if only I'd invested more, I would have made more. You also have to realize that in get I wasn't exactly doing any smart investing. It could have gone the other way. So imagine if I'd taken half my portfolio, put it on get and then things go the other way. It would have been a terrible experience. So while I, I will feel that maybe I missed out on a little bit of the gains because of my conservativeness, it also works for me. The advantage you have is that as you grow and your portfolio becomes bigger, you also then... Um, can take on more risk, okay? So don't rush to take risk. This is, this is the, the reason why I put this last. Don't rush to take on risk, build yourself into a position of risk. Right now I'm at a position where with my portfolio, uh, because my, my 1% of my portfolio is now a decent sum. It's not a huge sum, but it's a decent sum. I can actually take positions quite, you know, not large, but fairly big positions and know that even if it tanks, it's only 1% of my portfolio, you understand? But I've been doing this for a very long time and I built up to that position where I can now take that risk. So risk management. Uh, finally, I've got some questions here that were sent in in advance uh, by wonderful people. Uh, firstly was Nyasha Bryan. Now Nyasha Bryan asked me, um, if, if you have questions, prepare to ask because I'm just gonna open up for questions. I wanna wrap up at 8.30, guys. So I'm gonna kind of blitz through this. Hopefully we get through it all. Um, now, Nisha Bryan asked, what's the difference between share price and value? Are these two things the same? Okay, the reality of it is like this. When we talk about value, um, as, 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 as I love to, to, to say to people, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So a share price is what you're going to pay on the market to have that share today, right? Value, and um, I'm I'm sure um, Professor Brian Morgan is going to be proud of me when I say this. Value is, um, the value of a share is, I, I didn't want to use jargon, but I have to in this case. The value of a share or an asset is the present value of the sum of its future cash flows. To put that in English, what I'm saying to you today is that The value of a share today, we calculate it by looking at how much money we expect to make from it in the future, add up all of that money in the future, and then bring it back to today dollar terms because the time value of money. Money is less valuable further in the future. So if somebody said to you, do I give you a dollar today or do I give you a dollar next year, you'd opt for the dollar today, right? And because next year's dollar will be less valuable to you because of the time it's going to take to get the dollar usefulness, et cetera, et cetera. So in finance, what we do is we, we do a, we, through a process called discounting. We give a value. So we, we actually give a value to a dollar next year. We don't count it as a dollar right now. We would count it as $0. 90 cents. And the following year would be $0. 80 cents and the following one would be $0. 70 cents. It's a fairly complicated calculation, but I'm just trying to simplify it. So the value of a share is what it can do in the future. That's the way we value. So price and value are not the same thing. The other way you could look at it is the value of a share, and this is book value, strictly speaking, is what you are entitled to through owning that share, which is a share of the assets that the company owns plus future dividends from the company. But whichever way you look at it, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So I hope that answers that question. Um, Then I've got a question here, which I was so happy to see because I never would have thought of it in a million years from, I'm James Baldwin, I hope you're still tuned in. Um, Now, James Baldwin um, asked, I was wondering if the ZSC has derivatives available? If so, how do I go about it? Okay, is there a designated market for for derivatives or is it handled by the exchange, right? Now, to quickly explain derivatives are um, dynamic products. And what I mean by dynamic products is that the way we make money on the ZSC, as we've been talking about, is You buy, so if shares are a dollar, you put up a dollar, you buy that share for a dollar, you hold, and then when you want to make the money off it, you sell that share maybe for $5 and you get the $5. Derivatives are dynamic products which allow you to work with um, assets and securities in different ways. Um, For example, the option, one of the the favorites of the world. Um, The option is where I see you with shares, with a share, that's worth a dollar. I say to you, you know what, my friend, I like your share, but I don't wanna buy your share right now. Can I pay you 10 cents so that uh, a year in the future, I can buy that share from you for fifty? This is a signed contract, okay? Well, in, a, in an option, I, I would have the, the option to buy it from you, okay? So I would say to you, in one year, if I so please, May I buy that share for you from you for $1.50? You would sign, you would take my 10 cents, you would go and buy a suite with the 10 cents. In a year, the value of the share will go up to $5. I will come and I'll say, remember, we have an agreement. So please hand over the shares at $1.50. And then that would allow me an immediate profit because I buy it at $1.50. And then I can sell it immediately on the market. And for $5, I'm making an easy $350. You know. Uh, this, this, this is. I'm, I'm just trying to explain that derivatives give people more ways to play around with shares. Now, the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange has had derivatives in the past. We do not currently have derivatives. We are working on bringing back derivatives to the market. In the past, our derivatives market was plagued by uh, questionable practices, which you know is something that we <laughs> that that unfortunately we have to experience in Zimbabwe. But in the past, we've been plagued by, uh, you know, questionable practices in our in our derivatives market. So they are working to bring back the, deri- the derivatives market. COVID has obviously um, taken a knock to some plans that were being put in place to bring some things to the ZSC. So um, derivatives are currently not available. They will be available. Um, I cannot tell you when, but we look forward to not only having them, but to having a better version than what we had last time which ended up becoming a manipulation circus by people. I've got a question here from Uncle, the financial preacher. Um, He's asking about the ETF or equity fund unit trust in terms of return, which one is better? Now, I didn't talk about unit trusts, but unit trusts are another way to get into the ZSE, but not directly. Unit trusts are also based on funds. They are unit trust funds. So they're very similar to the ETF A company like Old Mutual, Platinum, Datfest, something, will put up a lot of money, invest in a particular thing, and then break up the units of that fund into small units. The only difference between unit trusts and the ETF is that unit trusts are not traded on the exchange like the way ETF is. There are other minor differences, but we won't go into them too much. Now, um, you can get unit trusts through a number of companies. Startupbiz.co.zw, there is an article that um, talks about the unit trust companies and the the, the unit trusts that are available and how they're performing. And you can also look at um, um, the actual companies, the investment companies in Zimbabwe to then find um, how to get into those uh, unit trusts. They are very useful, um, less involving of course, but still very useful, especially for the beginner who's not sure how to allocate their money. Uh, The unit trusts have the advantage of being professionally managed funds. So there is someone sitting there calculating and making sure that the fund makes as much money as possible. Um, Now, Uncle's question uh, was the ETF or the Equity Fund Unit Trust. You know what? Unfortunately, I don't have the numbers on the top of my head, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say that the Equity Unit Trust Fund is performing better than the ETF because the ETF is only doing 100. And I'm pretty sure from the last time that I looked at this for June, the um, equity trust fund was doing better than 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 100 percent return. Um, yeah. So that's that. That's that on that. OK, so uh can't believe I've done this. Does anyone have any questions before we close? Make it an easy question, please, because, you know, I've done I've done well so far. Don't embarrass myself at the end. No, you just get embarrassed on the last question. Hi, if you guys have no questions, surely I'm very good at all. Oh. Why? 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 Okay, there's someone with a question. Uh, I'm James Baldwin. Right, uh, I believe you're in. Speak on it, Hawkins. Okay. Is that how you pronounce it go ahead and speak man hey can you hear me yeah i got you now yeah i had a question uh, so you were talking about um
1: uh, institutional investors early on and yeah. brokerages my question is how big of a pool is the institutional investor sector in the zws and um uh, the institutions the brokerages themselves how how are they making the money for retail orders? How are they uh, able to make up that? Obviously, if you provide a service, you have to make it up somehow. Is there a fee you pay, or is it a question of like payment, of, like orders or routing? How do they make up that money? Okay, thank,
0: thank you for that, because that's an issue I keep forgetting to speak on. All right, so your first question was um, look, in terms of the Zim space, it is dominated by um, institutional investors. I cannot tell you exact numbers, right? But I can tell you that it is heavily, and I mean heavily dominated by institutional investors. Um, If I had to give you a ballpark figure, I would maybe say at least 75% institutional on some level, uh, investors in Zimbabwe. So retail investors are, (laughs) uh, in terms of size alone, you know, not very big in Zimbabwe, so that that's one of the reasons we have a very slow, so to speak, market in terms of reacting to things. And because you know, institutional investors take their time um, when it comes to responding. Um, and then for the question of how the the, the 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 institutions and the and the brokers make money, uh, this is very important. I don't know, I forgot this, but you are charged uh, transactions both on buying and selling. Okay um so if you are buying shares you will pay 1.552 percent in fees okay so 1.552 percent of the total size of the transaction in fees if you are selling you will pay 2.302 percent in fees that is final so there are no additional fees thereafter like capital gains tax or anything else that follows this is all completely deducted at source. It's part of your transaction fee. So the moment you make the transaction, these fees are charged and you don't have to worry about them again.
1: I hope that, that yeah. So, does, does the three three 3.5% cover um, like uh, some sort of income tax uh, or when you deposit the money obviously into your account? So is, that's just the 3%, that's it
0: yeah so it's uh okay let me let me tell you quickly what's involved in it what 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 it covers so there is a fee for the broker right they pick up something there uh value-added tax uh, you guys call it sales tax right or goods and services tax that's included uh central securities depository levy which is the fee you pay for having your name noted at the central registry as being the owner of the shares stamp duty which happens when you are buying to have your name appended to the securities, Uh, Securities Exchange Commission, which is the body which protects us, um, their fees are also taken there, Investor Protection Fund, which is like an insurance fund for investors, that's also taken from there, and capital gains tax when you are selling, all of that is included in that percentage, and it's all done at source, so you have nothing else to follow up thereafter.
1: Okay, that makes sense, that answers my question, thank you. All right, cool. Thank you, my man. Uh, any other
0: questions? Wow, guys! No, the next one I'm making people pay can't be this good. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. Um, look, if there are no more questions, I know people have asked about the the startup biz uh, WhatsApp group investor community. For that one, there's one, there's one requirement. I'm just going to say this out loud so everybody knows about it is you have to provide um, proof through what's called a deal advice slip, which is what you get when you buy shares or sell shares, but buy shares um, on the ZSE. You just have to show the the, the group admin that and then they can add you in because we obviously want people who are active in the markets and not just a group where, you know, there's a lot of noisemakers and people taking up space for nothing. Um, So for that one, just be aware of that, that it is open to people who are actually invested on the ZSE. There is a possibility that I can plead a case for you, but you have to at least be on your way to doing it or doing it soon. Um, because you know we want a community of doers, not a community that's just full of people who are not doing things at the end of the day. We work very, very hard. Um, I, I, I do by myself create um, share charts that help people keep track of their prices and their share returns in US dollars um, on our exchange, that we work in ZIM dollars. Well, we're tracking it for you in US dollars. So a lot of work goes into that. So we don't want to do that for the wrong people. Not not that there's anything that's the wrong person, but you know we want to do it for the people who who will appreciate it the most. You know. Um, uh, and and when it comes to um, the diary method, I, everybody who asked about the diary, I will respond to you uh, in the inbox. So if you want um, info on the diary, I'm sure my DMs are open. Just go there, drop a DM and I will get to you. I will copy and paste for everyone. Uh, I'll also provide um, the link to the Startup Biz um, ZSC section. So you get into that because I write there, I try to write or I try to publish um, at least one article a week about the ZSC. Um, So yeah, I I will be providing as much information as I can about that just watch my timeline and for those who have inboxed check your inbox uh probably tomorrow because but yeah i will get around to doing it for everyone right ciao musa come through hi my guy i thought you had something to say Oh, is this a technical problem? No? All right. Um, I'm, look, guys, I've been speaking for two hours. Thank you, everyone, for coming through. Uh, really means a lot to me. Um, I hope I was helpful. I am still open to questions in my inbox. For those people who had questions such as what companies are a good idea to invest in, look, I don't do that. Um, even even in private, and if, if you if you want to know, come to me in private, hit up the DM. I will gladly have the conversation with you. However, the way I work when it comes to that, I will tell you what I am buying. I will tell you why I am buying it. If my why and your why match, then you are free to make your own decision to purchase whichever companies you feel that the why is correct for you. Okay, I do not go about telling people what to invest in. And any information I give you is academic. Uh, I'd like to close by saying any information that I have given about companies, please, whatever I've said to you today, um, do not believe what I say just off the bat. Go and research what I say. So that's why I try to give a lot of practical examples so that you can go and you can research what I've said and check out and make sure that this guy is making sense and not just talking out of his head. So um, thanks everyone for coming through. This has been absolutely massive. Uh, How many, I don't even know how to check how many people we've got in here, but we've had a lot of people. So I want to see a lot of people going, oh, I'm invested now. Oh, I started my journey. Oh, I got my first dividend. I wanna see those. Um, This can be done. Um, It is accessible. I am here to help. I love helping, guys. I haven't always got time to help you on the spot, but I love helping. So please, please, DM is open. Come through. If you need some help, if you need some assistance, I will do my best to assist you, to get you to a point where where, where we are investing on the ZSC and building a culture of investment and you know starting to grow ourselves. Um, okay. Right, right, right. I've just got some last minute questions that came in. Uh, I'm I'm gonna tackle these quickly. Sorry guys, I'm addicted to this, hey. Uh, With the increase in retail traders on the ZSC, especially most who are learning and yet to gain experience, do you think some penny stocks are poised for greater upside due to high demand? Um, Right, so the question here is about, uh, we're getting more and more individuals with small amounts of money coming onto the market and with little experience, right? Through opening up the um, the 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 ZSE, so the question is: Do these people um, increase the 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 gains and therefore the demand encounters? And short answer: Yes, they do. Um, however, please remember: Oh, this question came from Zim Youth ZDC Investor. A rising tide raises all boats. More money in the market is more money in the market. And while the money might be skewed towards a certain side of the market because of you know, lack of knowledge or lack of uh, financial power, um, a rising tide raises all boats. And the more retail investors we get in the market, it's going to benefit every single counter on the market, except for the really, really bad ones. I won't mention names, but just know they're really, really bad ones, in theory, in my opinion, right? Uh, Okay, that's a request for diary method. Now, okay, there we've got a request for the WhatsApp group, that's fine. Um, Okay, that's a diary method request. All right, so that's it guys. I believe we're done, oh wait, there's one more. All right, uh, okay, so I've got a question here from Veechaz just asking about uh, the percentage the broker takes when you buy or sell. Just gonna repeat that, when you are buying, you pay 1.552% in fees. When you are selling, you pay 2.302% in fees. Round trip, that's around about 4%. So if you buy something and sell it, 4% in total. All right, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, You know what? I'd love for us to do this again. Maybe if we give ourselves two weeks. I want to say two weeks because it'll give people time. You know, if you're registering for your C-Trade, for your um, ZSC direct and you know to progress in your journey. And then we can do a catch-up um, to move forward and a masterclass as, um, as Pombi requested. I, I think we should definitely do that so that as you grow, you also get more and more lessons. www.startupbiz.co.zw. Go to the ZSC section. That is where I talk about the ZSE. Um, there are also other great resources. Unfortunately, I won't have time to mention them here today, but there are a lot of great resources out there which can help people out. Guys, um, this has been absolutely massive. I thank everyone who has attended. Um, I hope I have been as helpful to you as you have been inspirational to me. Um, this is it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good night.